it feels more like the music comes to me and I'm just the vessel through which it must go, through which it must make its way into the world. And I basically form it and turn it into whatever is needed. Welcome to episode one of season two of the We Move Experience podcast. I'm your host, Dumelo Beani, and joining me today is singer-songwriter Ngasi Katushabe. You've probably heard him on multiple songs with Prince KB or seen his outstanding work on his YouTube channel, Keen. He joins us today for our season premiere and hope you enjoy it. I would call all your names, but I don't want to mispronounce them. You have three names and a surname. Bro, let's just call you Ngasi and you tell us your names yourself. Welcome to the show. Let's have fun with that. <laughs> Hello, thanks. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you? Um, good, horrible with intros, but uh, happy to have you here. Hey, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you are fine, I swear. Yeah, so um, uh, season two opener starts with you and... I'm I'm really excited about this one because um the reason you are part of uh episode one is because when I ended up uh our season one, I was like, I need new music. Who do I know who makes music and would make a music that a music that matches uh the the podcast? And I was like, let's just hope Ngasi has time, which I still think you didn't have, but you had to make plans. Uh yeah, so where that leads to is Ngasi made the, the, the jingle to this uh, podcast now, which we might use for the longest uh, until I decide uh, to change it again because <laughs> change is nothing I'm afraid of anymore. Uh, so Ngasi, <laughs> tell us, how, how, how have you been and um, how was it uh, balancing um, pushing the jingle somewhere through the time where you had to be busy with your studies as well? How I've been, firstly, is... I don't know how I'm going to answer this, especially for like a wide enough audience, but like here in South Africa, as you know, sometimes exclamations that we use are a great summation of how we feel. So for the most part, for a lot of this week in particular, when people would ask me, how are you? All I would say is you. Thanks. How are you? Because <laughs> honestly speaking, it's like a, I am going through so much, but uh, let's just live this life thing. That is literally the only way I can explain it. But for the most part, again, like more the end of that sentence, let's just live this life thing. I guess as terrible as it is, it could be so much worse. I mean, I'm breathing. Somehow I am still doing the things that are trying to advance my life. Like for one, my master's degree, which I'm still currently trying to finish off super excited at the prospect of getting to finish it off. And because of that, the fitting in of this this track, I was about to call it wonderful. I'm not allowed to. I made it, but I can't. I like it. I mean, <laughs> hey, I mean, you have to first like it before we all like it. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy with it, how are we supposed to be? Oh, the music industry will teach you funny things, but we're not. Oh, are we here for that? I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna get into that. You're gonna get into that. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> 
the whole thing of this episode is to really try and tell um your journey because from someone's perspective you could be someone who already made it because i mean you've worked with the best and um (laughs) for for someone who knows your ambition you you could be not even at the start of where you want to be so 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 this whole episode is about expressing that that yes there are highs and there's lows but in terms of still going forward that's where you mostly focus on and not being stuck on the moments that had already happened so yeah um just to, to kick it off, I'd like to ask you, what are like the most memorable, memorable encounter with an artist that you opened for? Because you have been performing on stages with big, uh, big artists. I will I'll let you first uh, tell us which was the most memorable one. The most memorable. I'm trying to think because I go as far back as 20... 20 who? Like my full-on performing career started in 2014 with the pageant of the university back, excuse me, whilst it was still Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University, so Mr. and Miss NMMU. Mm. And I wasn't necessarily opening for an artist, but the first ever moment that made me feel like I'm doing something was having the host of the night, which was famed personality, Mops Maponyana, basically tell me well done and literally like shout my name right back and be like, well done, you. I'm like, why do you already know my name? Then I get it. He is the host of the show. So it's essentially his job to do that. But it was definitely, I'd say my first, but my favorite mm-hmm. of opening for somebody. I am, yo, I, I, you're taking me very far back. This is actually a very intriguing situation i have have one in mind but i'm i'm hoping to say it after you and hoping it could match i'm trying to think opening there is like ah that is so intriguing like my favorites Mm. like the one ah the one that comes to mind right now because i i i I make it sound like i've opened for a lot of people i don't think i have and then when i think about it i probably have there's the one time in 2019, I actually did like a whole vlog about this on my channel, Chin, spelled T-Y-H-N, for anybody who's looking to subscribe to that. Went, <laughs> I went and opened for famed house vocalist Simi, which was wild for me because the owner of the establishment contacted me personally saying, I would like you to open for Simi. I was confused because at that point, I was just singing for corporate functions and whatnot with a company I happen to work with very closely and I haven't exactly done gigs as my own self it was a very beautiful experience it was a very fun experience for me because the place was packed because Simi is a big deal Mm -hmm. I was combining singing the covers that I'd normally be singing with singing tracks that I wrote specifically for the event it's almost like a tester for introducing people to my sound which is a journey that's still basically happening. And having her come through uh, whilst I was finishing my set and having her give me props and on some, thanks so much, you're amazing. Like the crowd is super, like they're feeling you was just the sweetest thing to hear because I'm here looking at someone who's a hot thing in the music scene and still is telling me that essentially, yo, you're doing it. That was I'm still trying to like think if that's my favorite, that's the one that comes to mind right now. Yeah, I mean, 
the the whole the whole question stems from the f- a point of um uh, the whole thing where you shouldn't meet your idols where like at times you look to, you look up to people for so long and finally the day you meet them it's either it's not their best day and you have a very sour taste from who they are as a person and that's mm-hmm. the only thing you remember so so the the reason i wanted to say memorable is so that you don't badmouth anyone and also ha- like as, as in in a, in a way that um you think back to i've met a, a couple of people that i looked up to it's just that reminder of cuz right now when you are in um writing your masters mode you probably never think about the awesome things that that really you've done so far of which are are like mm, like there are things that i hold on to because a lot of me is thinking that the second it is i'm finally done i am going to take a break from academia and finally jump into the whole music making thing and to being a personality a presence and just an all-round entertainer so for the most part there has been a lot of not thinking about it and a good deal of forgetting actually showing me this and making me think mm. i actually need to think which is my favorite but there's also been a lot of somewhat hope and looking forward to getting to finish this chapter of my life and literal chapters in this life of mine <laughs> and get to finally somewhat immerse myself fully into the thing that I've basically wanted to do since I was a kid Mm. And and I mean, um, there's a quote of yours that I'm going to use to 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 ask you the next question, which is right. uh, to be to be a great musician. First, you need passion. Then, only after uh, will talent uh, truly matter to you. Which which makes me uh like try and understand why did you not just choose to go straight into the music industry where there were a few opportunities that almost launched you into into the mainstream and you still said i'm going to study and do it also the, the the academic way as well what made you really try and, and not just go for it and put everything aside my mind is still trying to wrap around you saying this is a quote of mine because it sounds like something i said i'm just trying to think when i might have said it. <laughs> <laughs> trust me it is from yours i don't make things up over here um hey you're doing your homework because i'm like <laughs> i feel like i've said this but when did i say this the true reason honestly speaking to try and do the whole studying situation like even me being in the city of Krebs Epai former Port Elizabeth was somewhat a thing of a bit of circumstance because in matric in grade 12 i went and basically kind of shot my parents in telling them I want to do music it was weird cuz it went exactly shocked with me being someone singing and performing and making music and getting awards for my music in mm-hmm. earlier years but obviously to a household it's like wait you want to do this like for real for real it's a shock but there are amazing parents who are like joga we're going to support you we're going to make the situation happen the thing that didn't happen though was me moving straight to Johannesburg because I originally wanted to go to AFTA which was going to in essence only give me a 3 years in academia sort of time before injecting myself into the industry there'd be easier opportunities whilst I'm studying or at least hypothetically speaking for me to already get myself into where it was I was going but the city called me my family was happy for me to come here and I was thinking I guess let's make it happen i mean i'm going to be in the music department i might as well like better my craft anywhere that will have me and i've been super happy 
telling myself, sure, let's make the situation happen. And seeing the landscape here and how the infrastructure in general, the musician Zane Essay mentioned this in a post that he wrote online on Facebook once, that mm. this particular city has an amazing entertainment industry, performing live, doing gigs, and all of that. Wonderful. The music industry, on the other hand, is a little on the lacking side, to be very generous. You can't exactly make yourself music in the city in particular, be shooting videos, getting funds from whatever offices can offer funds, and basically become the same kind of artist that somebody in the Gauteng, in the Western Cape, and in the KwaZulu Natal can become. Because whatever it is that is missing here, they just have and have had for a long enough time for you to come from whatever province it is you reside or basically grow up and whatnot, grown up and whatnot, and go and make it there to come back here and benefit from the very same entertainment industry that exists. So seeing that, literally from my very first year, I thought, okay, if this is going to work, what I'm going to need to do is, while studying here, I'm going to have to somehow make some other kind of connections in the Gauteng province in Johannesburg that will allow that when it is I'm done studying, moving up and trying to make my way is not going to be all that difficult because the last thing I want to do is be somebody with a degree, whatever kind of qualification, that is very hard to get a job with because there's a big gap between basically studying this situation and getting an occupation that actually coincides with what it was you were studying. I have a lot of friends who themselves came back into the department to further their studies because they kind of had to, in essence, diversify or solidify what it is that they learned due to the inability of getting hired. It is very, very rough as a music student. You have to know exactly what it is that you're doing or know exactly where it is you're going or have the exact passion to drive you into where your talents are going to matter because it is ridiculous. I, for one, my personal journey basically goes into trying to make sure that I had enough connections to make any kind of downfall of this person dropped me, this person isn't picking up, this person can only help me so much, not matter because there are that many other people who are going to make things work out and make things good, or at least make things bearable and sustainable so that whilst I continue on in this journey, along this journey, it pretty much is not going to be as difficult as coming out of the university with this music diploma and telling yourself, I'm going to do it, even though it has been done before. We have blueprints. Mm -hmm. We have had blueprints, but safety is a thing that this boy has wanted for years. But admittedly, right now, I believe I'm ready. Like, I don't care how many peeps are waiting for me or whatever networks it is I have. As much as I have them, I am just like, let's make it happen. Like, I'm finally at a place where I'm bigger than my fears and insecurities. Yeah, and, and from what you just said right now, I picked up a few things. One uh, is that I chose to study in that city because of the very same reason. I like things. Mm. I knew that there's not too much happening there. Uh, (laughs) There won't be shows every week that I don't have to focus on my studies. And Mm. that is 
something he just re- reiterated from a point uh, point of view of uh, of someone who studies music and knows the industry. And second um, second point is uh, when it comes to 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 the types of things that you can do as someone who studied music, because it is of recent that I educated myself with uh, the faces behind uh, training um, uh, contestants on music shows, right? who mm-hmm. those people are and realizing that some of them were once famous or some of them are famous, uh, were part of groups or part of, um, were big, but decided, okay, cool, a safety net to not only depend on producing hits, this is where mm. I'm going to go. And and uh, the, the last part here is the whole thing with how the city has produced a lot of people that show you that you can Dang. make it, but they had to move. They didn't do it Ooh. from there. Or yeah. it like now, even like with the internet age, it's still hard to do it. And and I think you covered points that, that make me understand why is studying and building yourself first, knowing that there's other options if it doesn't just work from scratch. But the point you said you're ready and you have made a few moves. Let's not act like you are someone who's gonna start from <laughs> zero, which is which is a lie. So 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 amongst other things, I'm gonna start really back on some um tell me about NMMU Quiet Days and um two tone music of which man when I had to go uh indulge in previous things that you've done, I was like, okay, let me just fanboy for a while and I got lost in two tone for a while. I almost forgot that I'm researching about Ungas. <laughs> uh, quiet days were fun. Honestly speaking, that is where I picked up. There's one thing I really am very forever grateful for quiet days. It is the importance of rehearsals. As much as within my diploma and my degree, just having done music, no rather having done voice as my first instrument, wow, doing music as your first instrument, lol, I love, <laughs> I love mistakes like that. Anyway, having done voice as literally actually both my first and my second instrument for my diploma, I did classical and jazz voice, but on the record, off the record, I don't mind saying this. I feel like I will never claim the classically trained thing because you have to go through years and years and years before you can actually own it. I feel like I was just getting lessons. That's just my personal take on it. But having done classical and jazzmen in the degree, swapping them around and focusing a lot more on the jazz, I was forever rehearsing, obviously, because you have to rehearse. Rehearsals are important. They are how you basically not only strengthen your instrument or your proficiency on your instrument, but have the ability to build memories within your own body to know how to do things without you needing to think too hard about them. Quiet was basically that times 50 million. That rehearsals in choir were ridiculous. Like, we would spend a good 30 minutes just doing warm-ups. We haven't even touched a track yet. 30 minutes, we'd arrive at five, and at half five, only around half five, we'd finally be like, okay, take out your files. The rehearsals, especially when I think about it, the rehearsals of the more production-heavy pieces. When we were to dance, when we had to basically sometimes have, did I ever play the drums? I think for a rehearsal, but never live, because (laughs) I am somebody who, only ended up playing drums ironically at some other event when somebody was just like, we need someone who can play the drums. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm here just because of what I look like, but okay, I'll play you some drums. <laughs> ended up playing the drums. Apparently I did a good job. And 
I'm not gonna lie, that was something that had me at least feel like I am never gonna look down on myself when it comes to thinking of an instrument I'm not too used to because mm -hmm. if people apparently can get fooled by the fact that I am not as proficient as the people I know can play drums in their sleep, then I believe I can at least have an open or more open mind to learn it. But in any case, the rehearsals are my favorite thing. I know now that every last musician, anybody who's a vocalist, I beg of you. I don't care how lovely your singing is. They are your faves, and a lot of your faves rehearse. They practice. They warm up. They do things that make it sound like they are the track on Apple Music. They are your Spotify more streamed. They work to make sure they keep up the studio recording, and that's exactly what rehearsals taught me. I am forever grateful for that. The second thing was the community. It was very lovely being around people who shared the similar passion of wanting to sing in a group of people. It was really never a thing of like trying to fight for who's going to do what solo. Like I'm sure some people might actually have thought, because TV shows yeah. make it seem like, that's supposed to be my solo. That really wasn't the case in Poya. Like, whomever did it the best would do it. Yeah. And if that person was missing, the next person would come in, and it would mean absolutely nothing. Sometimes, obviously, there'd be a craving of, I'd like to sing it today. And it's almost like, a, okay, Mdase, a show friend, come through. You sing it today. You're giving me, you're literally giving me a break. Mm. So literally... That community was just something incredible. And then the third thing, which is funny, because I'm sure a lot of people think the first thing would be this, was the traveling. Because getting to... I, some people really enjoy traveling. <laughs> I am going to put them out. I won't say names. Uh, if I were to say a names, I'd put my name up there too. Because <laughs> traveling is nice. I it's know. the vibes. <laughs> Nothing else. It's, the, oh, boy, it's good. You go and meet people. You see places. You go and clap when it's for the time. No. Mm. Hey. Tell you right now, traveling was super fun, especially getting to go overseas, because honestly speaking, the culture shock of seeing people in their element, and you are literally a visitor. I'm very yes. sure that you basically have a bit of that happening. I, I say no more. I know how it was. <laughs> I feel like now I'm, I'm the more, I'm the culture shock to people when they come here, so <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Like, yo, like, it's really, like, especially, considering that you've been there for some time, you have the, well, you basically have the full-on, what's the word I'm looking for, I won't say license, I'll say the terrain to basically feel like it's no longer all that new to you. You yeah. at least have some experiences there. You basically have home there. For Ooh. people who are only going to be in the country for, like, 10 days or 20 for the most, that was the longest trip that I'd ever been to been on when we went to Shanghai and Nanjing, I was forever feeling sure. So as much as they're going to accommodate us and speak English, these people really don't need to. These people literally are living their lives. We are visitors and we're yes. always going to look like visitors because we're just not going to stay there for all that long. So it was really intriguing getting to see the food, see how people behave, how people basically live their own lives in their element it's very different from seeing people here at your home or seeing them in a video being there to viscerally experience an entire culture so honestly speaking i felt like i was in a different planet sitting in our yeah. room flipping the tv on and just seeing things that i not only could not really relate to but just like the whole feeling was like uh 
energy like it feel like i'm just i don't even know where i am i'm so used to things the way i am used to back home that looking at all of this is like this feels like an alternate reality even it's like different things are being highlighted different things are being liked things that literally were novelty to me are commonplace it was ah that was literally not gonna lie a beaut of an experience yeah. now brushing through two-tone i don't want to really brush through because they honestly are the peeps that made me i feel like they are another people i'm indebted to those people because when it comes to actually soloing because as much as i had a rather very famous solo that a lot of people remember me for when it comes to choir in two-tone i remember getting to join for the first time in 2016 i had wanted to join in 2014 but because i was literally so new and they had pretty much all their shows set up for the year and had all the kind of uh members of the band or types of peeps they wanted for the band at that time there was kind of no space for me the very next year one of their main singers was basically finishing studies and was on the brink of moving so that was essentially spice for me I basically had my first performance in April 2016. It was at an opening function at our Mission Vale campus in Mission Vale. And I had a whole solo line. We were busy singing the iconic Freedom is Coming from the Sarafina musical. Yes. You yes. can literally guess who was actually singing that high discount of that get ready mama situation. That was your boy. So it was a shock. To all the people that tend to say, wait, this is a this is a line meant for not only a lady, but a lady who has a high rage. And there, I am singing it. I'm never gonna get over that moment because I was here like, I'm not only trusted, I'm trusted with a very difficult line. And I'm amazed that this trust is bringing results. It's a very I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm this person who forever has this thing whereby I need people to learn how to trust others, especially when it is that they see something within them. So never mm. try and hold people's hand for too long. You will surprise people or you'll be surprised by yourself when you find someone actually trusting you and it build the trust within you to trust your own self. Because yes. hey, we're, we're clever human beings in this life. We just really need people to somehow or sometimes afford us the trust that sometimes we never got elsewhere. But, but actually, yes, in conjunction with us, in connection to that, the trust basically built my confidence and basically built more and more opportunities for me to end up being part of amazing things. Like one of my performance highlights was singing backup actually for both jazz legends, Lera and Judith Sipuma. <laughs> that yes. was a moment in time for me. That was beautiful. Ooh, yes. Ooh. That is what I thought in the very first question would come up with one of the most memorable because it's one of there were like, I wish I had went to that show, but I wasn't in the country. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that one is one for the books because the that... preparation for it, yeah. the the yeah, the statue and, and like how big it is and was. Check. The thing is, you said opening. We didn't open. We're singing we're with singing them. We're singing with them. Ah, uh -huh. that's why I got you off, off track. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Because I was thinking of them, but I was like, you specifically said, said opening, opening for. Which and, that's why I was, and that's why I was thinking opening for, because there is this one situation. I don't think it was actually like an opening for. It was in 2019 when... I'm somewhat jumping guns now. When Prince KB invited me over to... Johannesburg to go and perform at the nomination party that he was hosting for his 
MTV EMA Award. And mm. that lineup was star-studded. Like, I was literally somewhat, like, smack bang in the middle of performing with the likes of Lois Okitana, Donald, the Donald, KP's wonderful artist, Rose. I was there somehow performing right before, if I'm not lying, it was literally, it was a thing. And I'm here like, how am I part of this lineup? <laughs> how am I part of this lineup? What is happening? This is hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, okay, without, without sounding like we're not on track, that, that really brings me to, to, to what I don't want people to think is the only highlight, but to something that is like, even those people who never knew who you were, because I have seen you perform way before this moment happened. But like working with, with Prince KB, and and Ooh. I'm going to be a little bit restricting in terms of how, like my my personal question to you was be would be, how was it working on Project Hope? Because you were not on the forefront. Oh, 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 that was actually, not going to lie, that was a beautiful moment because it's, Yielded another wonderful moment in my life and a wonderful experience with a hero, not just a celebrity, but a hero. But I'll get to that just now. It was really amazing because I enjoyed the idea of not actually being in the forefront. Singing backup, then like with uh, two tones, singing essentially backup in the choir or basically forming a unit where we are sums, what you're going to be, are parts that basically create a sum. Yes. was a beautiful moment for me because I'm here thinking I am nowhere near where I'm looking to be in this music thing yet. But the idea that we're getting people who very similar to how I was pretty much just the year before mm. are timid but have this dream that has literally been keeping them up at night sometimes. Some people were on the verge of giving up on it altogether. That's true. And just basically being here... And looking like somebody that's just heavily trusted within the industry, I'm like, I was, I actually flew all the way from the Eastern Cape. The majority of all the people who were there are Gauteng based. There were some people who were flown in from like Durban, some of the singers, but a lot of the people are already based in Johannesburg. A lot of the people who are working on, if I might be the only person who actually flew up, flew up like from far. Everybody else is pretty much already in the city. You can imagine what it is I look like when it is uh, I show up kind of like the next day after everybody has already started situations on like, here's one of our writers. It's like, this man flew all the way from the city of Port Albert <laughs> to come, right? He must be good. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm... yay. <laughs> I'm here busy thinking, Loki, this is the very first time I've ever uh, kind of written exclusively for somebody else because sometimes i'll write songs for myself and think they are going to probably sound much nicer for someone else because of either it not necessarily working fully with my own personal brand and the kind of sound that i'm still trying to push and kind of establish when it is i finally have the fun of breaking out in a grand show into like the music industry or sometimes i'll just be like uh i don't necessarily feel like this anymore i think i want to find someone who does and who will yeah. probably will who probably will for a much longer time than myself there's some songs that i literally write just for the sake of release but now for project hope it's like hi meet some people write some songs for slash with them 
and let's make an album in literally three days. And I'm here like, um, I, there are songs I've taken years to finish writing. How am I supposed to do this in like five <laughs> minutes? And somehow there I was doing it in five minutes because no lie, no key, KB is someone who is going to work you hard, but it is, honestly speaking, if you're the kind of person who can make it work, and who can produce something that sounds incredible with the tiny time. And it's not limited, tiny time. Like, literally think of it like a stone. That's how tiny the time that man gives you sometimes. Yeah. If you can produce something amazing, why not? I will not lie. Like, the track that we've done, like the track that we did, he pretty much was like, hi, write it right, right here. I'm like, uh, okay, I normally literally write in bits and pieces. I'm more what... Misaki, the musician, singer-songwriter, would describe, as he describes himself, as a song catcher. It feels more like the music comes to me and I'm just the vessel through which it must go, through which it must make its way into the world, and mm. I basically form it and turn it into whatever is needed to be heard. I can't sit down and meticulously write and think, these are the words that I want to put on a piece of paper. I'm going to sing it like this. I need to have it changed the the slightest bit at the end so that it makes musical sense but for the most part i'm a song catcher so being told you have an hour let's go is something that was once scary but that particular moment that particular experience definitely kind of molded more of the song writer out of me i got to be part of literally four different songs on the album there literally only nine tracks on it yeah. literally helped we literally co-wrote Please Stop with the singer Renee. I wrote My Yesterday for slash with Lanel. I was part of writing Sopumelela with the singer Proud. And funny enough, I did some BV work. I didn't actually write much at all with the last track. I didn't write at all, honestly, with the last track. Hakisakoni by the singer cats the singer yeah. and i'd had some bv work there the track that basically closes the album right off and i had a lot of fun i had so much fun it literally was exciting to see so much energy and so much hope within other people for their own dreams and getting to see their dreams come to life like literally having them hear their songs at the first initial listening session we had that we basically shot and filmed online on KB's Instagram. Yes, I tuned, I tuned in with that Ooh. one. Sorry to interrupt you. And I was like, you could see the, 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 you could feel the energy of the singers. And when some of them were crying, hearing it playing back for the first time and realizing that their dreams are not, um, like they had valid dreams that they, they can be singers. They are good. And, like I saw the interaction and how much people like Misaki gave them the 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 fist bump to say, hey, you did it, pat on the shoulder, you were doing it. And it was such a like I mean, it also happened during the pandemic, which was a beautiful everyone I had mm. time to observe and see and and watch it. And it was it was a beautiful thing to see. And because yeah. it was said it's volume one, I'm like, I'm waiting to see this happen a couple of more times. Until KB is like, I, I, you guys are asking too much for me. I've done like, <laughs> what else? But like for now, I, it was really a beautiful moment where they took people who never really made mainstream and took them out there. And the the project itself sounded very experimental, and it wasn't mm. about the person who who made it happen. It was about the artists and you yeah. play the, the the trusted person with with the job of 
of writing and backing and making sure that you assist you assist these these artists meant that from their point of view or from Kelly's point of view, it means you are no longer at that level. And I think if you hadn't taken it in like that, it would have been hard. And it was a task that you were fit for, but couldn't have said it yourself. And I mean, um, uh, yeah, time is something that I hate when I do these conversations, when I have these conversations with people that have so much to share, but I would, cannot, uh, not, uh, leave out the part of your YouTube uh, channel, which is Chin T T Y H N, right? T M O T Y H N. It started really um as a personal, like I saw mostly the vlogs and mm-hmm. sometimes covers, and just also what I I enjoyed the most before the big video that made everything go hey. out of proportion was the fact that you. You shared the educational side of music. You sh- you showed that mm-hmm. you're someone who's a student of this and not only wanting to share that, oh yeah, let's react to this music, to this video, mm-hmm. let's react to the, my favorite song. But you took it, broke it down and showed us what is it that we love about this song that us as regular listeners might not even understand is happening to us. And can, yeah. can you tell us what makes you um, feel like... Um, the channel has so much room for for teaching people more than just sharing your artist's life. First of all, I, also, wow, the, the, all the homework that you're doing, because you already know that the whole purpose of the channel is pretty much not only really like making it all personal and doing vlogs. The vlogs, just to start there quickly, was more a practice run for me of like getting to edit and basically just jumping into YouTube because a lot of people, the main person right now is famed YouTuber Mr. Hundred Kemalum Hundred K himself, Tato Ramdedi. <laughs> Tato Ramdedi is the person who basically was the camel that basically went and broke what the strata. I don't know the analogy today, yes, but, but he's the he's literally the main person that basically pushed me and said that yo, dude, you have a personality. Start a channel, like open the channel, start a channel, like. I was trying to contemplate it the whole time. The big video, the question, the video in question is the power of Jerusalem was mm. already not the song itself, but the format and the idea of basically taking songs and breaking them down was already something I wanted to do. I got inspired from watching quite the number of American and British YouTubers, Adam Neely, uh, 12tone, who I got to do a wonderful collaboration with back in 2019 and a good number of other people basically breaking down iconic songs and songs that they themselves like in a musical way were basically doing that. And I thought with that, plus what I used to do often with the UK channel Ubunifu Space, who are UK YouTubers who break down songs that just so happened to start breaking down South African songs, went and did the song Vora by DJ City Lights and Java and... Who else was there? Saudi. And basically, Saudi. They, yes. And basically, what they said at the very end of the video was, yo, we feeling this song, but we obviously don't know what is being said. So yes. please kind of like, if you know the lyrics and can break down what everything means, go through. And from that video, I think from 2017 up until about 2019, till life just started getting really hectic and busy for some of both of us, funny enough. I basically was the context kid in their comment section, breaking things down from start to finish, giving them not only the meaning of the lyrics, but why those lyrics matter, why they make sense, and 
essentially why they sound cool within the track so that you no longer just hear a track and vibe to what it sounds like, but you're like, oh, this is what that thing means, which was a super wonderful thing. It almost became like a fan reacting to, because for the most part, I was a fan for the most time, mm. a fan reacting to their favorite YouTuber situation to a point where they would almost wait for my comments because they knew I was going to give a lovely breakdown mm. and pin it. So it'd be the very first comment that people see. Yep. So when you watch videos, you go down and get the context of what's happening within the track. And that basically culminated into us meeting when they came on tour in South Africa. Yeah. It was the most amazing thing. It was so cool. It was so cool getting to spend time with them. It was so cool to just kind of like pick each other's brains and see where everybody is and whatnot. We, funny enough, were speaking about piano, which we spoke of just off air, off, yeah. uh, off yeah. record. And it was really intriguing getting to see where they were pretty much without the what's the word I'm looking for, without the experiences of being somebody who lived and grew up all their lives in South Africa and somewhat getting to appreciate the music on a level of purely this is music, but we have an insider who's helping us understand the music. And seeing that basically inspired me to want to get the channel to where it is. And I really cannot wait to get to returning to the channel and bringing even more content like that because my main mission really is not just to make fun educational content for people who aren't necessarily musically inclined or musically learned in such ways of a music department or music lessons or whatnot, but to connect the world to us much better, getting to understand why it is that you like something, honestly speaking. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun. Like, I'm not going to lie. Other times, I'm the kind of person who actually advocates for sometimes trying to over-understand something takes the fun out, which is partially why the exact format of my Jer Power of Jerusalem video is not so long as to getting too technical, too deep. I still want it True. to be like a, a cute digest for people, something that kind of makes it feel like, a, oh, those are some nice fun facts. I like that. I'm never really going to do like a full-on history of whatever, whatever video. That's not my purpose. My purpose yeah. is not only just to give that, but also to fill a different space in... South African and African YouTube content. I feel like there's a big lacking. There's some wonderful people who are starting to do incredible things on YouTube when it comes to like showing music and whatnot. And not just the breakdowns, just to really wrap it up right now, uh, the things that I want to do. But again, going back to the idea of showing my life and my side as a musician to kind of break down sides of the industry that are seldom shown by people. Because many interviews are like, how did you get to this point? You must follow yeah. your dream. I know. Uh, like, how did you make money before this dream came to be followed? Like, we need yeah. we need tips. We need true, advice. True, true, so this true, is literally true. the channel. I'm not going to say in a nutshell. This is a big nut if this is the shell. But that's essentially the channel. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, um, um, one of my, well, I'd say one of the most wholesome moment on your entire channel yes i've went through every video uh, is um is i've been a fan and i had to do my research one of the most wholesome moments on your entire youtube channel is probably your mom saying yes i gave birth to him that was oh. classic stuff and oh. <laughs> out of this world and i think for that moment alone let's get the the page to let's get the channel to twenty thousand and more guys that's it's really, really something we need to do. And I think if you want to learn more about Gassi, that that 
going through the YouTube um YouTube channel, you could find things that will make you realize that okay, cool, I wasn't overselling because I I I think I judge myself by saying I sound like I oversell my guests, but they are awesome people, and I should just. <laughs> say it how i feel it if i'm wrong yes you are allowed to have a different opinion but for now i put my head on the block and say i i know awesome people who are doing great things and therefore i want them to be celebrated before they won't answer your dm for now they might still answer your dm like you know like do it now <laughs> while they're still out here <laughs> before they need a pa to get to you so um in closing guys we i think we could cover so much things but i'm still trying to chase the format uh, of the show i'd like yeah. to do this um uh, rapid fire questions it's okay. like 10 questions um you choose uh numbers one uh, five numbers from one to ten and i give you the five questions and you try and answer them as quick as possible or from the top of your head and if you need time, we might just uh, stick on one question for a little bit longer. But can you give me those five numbers from one to ten? Okay, uh, seven, mm -hmm. uh, two, mm -hmm. three, yep, uh, five. One more. Nine. And nine. Cool. No particular order. Let's start with nine. Nine says, um, yeah, what advice did you get that was most rewarding in a sense that you still think and use it till today? Advice that was most rewarding in essence was, ironically, I just made fun of it. Follow your dreams, follow your heart. <laughs> I mean, it depends when it's said who's saying it. At times it sounds like, uh, okay, cliche, but it <laughs> is true. It's it really just, is. It's, it really it is, is reality of how to get to where you want to go. And um, next question, I have uh, number seven. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. If you could have a conversation with anyone who inspired or still inspires you, who would it be and what you, would you talk about? Oh, my gosh. Who, oh, my God. Who would I speak to? Anyone. Um, Dead Dead or alive. I would like to. Oh, my gosh. I would literally love to speak to my late best friend but more to kind of show him how far I've actually come because I always felt like I was doing so much of my dream following kind of for him because I know he really kind of loved music and loved almost vicariously living some of his dreams through me because mm -hmm. it was super exciting to see me just do what it was that I loved because he was this person who used to feel like, wait, why are you literally so talented in music? Like, this is something people go to school for. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it was so confusing <laughs> for him. But I'd literally love to have a chat with him again. You, fan. Yeah, no. Oh, mm. man. I mean, at, at, at times, like, um, in terms of motivation as people, what's keeping us, uh, like, going and what makes us feel like, okay, if we quit, who would, like, what would that person think who believed in, like, with everything or every fiber of their being that I would make it? Like, just, like, with you saying that, I'm also, like, having own little trigger moments of what and how would it be if i was it was the case with me so uh, yeah skipping next to, to to the next question which is question number five it says mm -hmm. um, oh yeah if you have a group of mentees and you were seeing them for the last time what would be your last advice to them or what would you say to them if they were seeing you for the last time a group of mentees that i'm telling okay wow this is hectic. <laughs> I think, okay, if I'm mentoring them in like music, I think I will take advice that I just recently heard Adele 
what you call it here, like from her 73 questions with Vogue. It's literally amazing because I went and took this advice. The parting words would be keep your heart safe and your music dangerous. Because, nice. yay. <laughs> yay. It's self explanatory. Let's move to question number three. And that would be um, yeah, you, oh, yeah, you pick one. Become a, a very successful in your career, but only go out once a week or develop a life changing technology or develop something really that would change lives and no one gets to know about it. Can I get the first? I the first one sounds like my dream. I would love to be super famous and just live once a week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I I was um, like with 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 recent uh, conversations with people it was the whole thing of like yeah, but we're performing arts and the 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 um, the pandemic teaching us that you don't really have to see people. That sounds like a better option, but it's like. I, I get your personality and choosing that as well. Makes sense. Besides that, like just quickly before we get to the last question, all of my idols are recluses of musicians. Like besides the fact that Adele's finally in front of us, it's Adele, it's Beyonce. Besides pictures on Instagram, which are distractions, by the way, where's the music? It's Frank Ocean. Where's the music? It's Rihanna. Where is the music? Like all my idols are barely seen. So I'm like, uh, uh, the first one is definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the very last question is question number two um, is what is something that you know now that you wish you knew 10 years ago? Cool. <laughs> 10 years ago. I'm very specific, but you can take it way back if you want. No, I'm just busy thinking 10 years ago, I was uh, a certain age. Let's, let's let people try and decipher that on their own. <laughs> I was in high school and I would love to have known now, this sounds very cliche, but oh, I know exactly what I would tell young oh, yes. teenage old me 10 years ago. You are a gorgeous person. Really, don't let people who don't see it make you feel like it doesn't exist. Like, this is something I only really learned this year. There have been so many people that have freaked me out. Busy, like, it sounds very vain, but there have been a lot of people who freaked me out this year, basically qualifying how I look and. A lot in high school, I never knew because it wasn't like, okay, the, besides the random points where people made me feel like I was just not somebody to marvel at or anybody to even look at or anything like that. It felt so weird because it felt like all the all my friends were getting attention and I was getting absolutely none. So I was like, maybe people are just trying to be nice. And then I'm like, and not saying anything because like point blank telling somebody that they're ugly is just not a nice thing to do and no one wants to be not nice and then on top of that when some people would try and qualify it they'd almost say something as consolation because they almost don't want to say what they really feel and getting a lot of people basically telling me you're gorgeous you have wonderful eyes you're handsome you're beautiful is a weird to me right now and I feel like when people see pictures of me from when I was younger and say, you've always been like this, I'm like, then where the heck have all these people been? Where yeah. were they? Like, I really wish I would have heard that then because I feel like a lot of who I am now would be far less nervous. Not to say I'd be like, again, vain or anything, but I would have a lot less anxiety and a lot more just general confidence in entering a room. I'd probably dress better. I'd probably make a lot more friends much easier because I would be worrying far less about this thing that I thought I could not change.
Mm. A very um, deep way to end, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this whole whole the name of the the podcast being "We Move Experience" is about moving forward and realizing that there's still more you can do and being inspired by people and realizing the people that you may see out there um, looking like where you want to be also have problems or have things that you can relate to and can still overcome as well, which is the biggest reason why I'm even sitting behind a mic and doing this whole thing. And mm-hmm. I know with you, there's a whole lot of stuff that we haven't covered. Having the strongest <laughs> brother in the world, you first time make it, that is on record. Um, um, that um, like, like the the making of the songs that you did with Prince KB, the art of making jingles. Mm. There's so many, but because there's mm. one thing that I've also heard from you that um, within three years you want your album to be out. So I guess in season five you're gonna have to meet again and speak about these other things we left out. Definitely, that has to happen. It has yeah. to everything and more. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation and it could go way beyond an hour, but we don't want to do that to the listeners. So thank you very <laughs> much for joining me. Still have to say a big thank you for for the for the opening music and the music that is used <laughs> on this podcast, solely done by this man for this man. So thank you very much. Thank you so very much for having me. And literally everything and everything is a pleasure. Thank you so very much for even considering me because yeah this confidence thing is a thing that you just kind of almost build and find in places and getting someone to even trust me with jingles is always like uh thank you this helps my esteem a lot (laughs) (laughs) i feel honored to 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 see it from that point for me i was like i know who's the most talented person and i don't have too many contacts this is my guy so i'm really happy about that and um yeah, just just closing it off. Where can people find you? How do they how do they get you to ten thousand followers or more on Instagram? Please find me on Instagram and TikTok. It is Ngasirwe. That is N G A S I R W E. So it's Ngasi with an R W E at the end. On Twitter, it is Ngasi underscore. On uh, YouTube, it is Chin. That is T Y H N. On Snapchat, if that's what you feel like doing, I'm also Ngasirwe over there. On Facebook, there is a page. It is Ngasi. Uh, yes, it is Ngasi. It is N-G-A-S-I-I. I'm not sure I will accept friend requests on Facebook because I think I'll probably max them out. But because you actually mentioned that I have all the names in the world, it is Ngasirwe, Matthias, Batandwa, Katushade, if it is you're feeling fun, frisky, and... Okay, not frisky, please. Don't be frisky <laughs> with me on Facebook. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, and that's it. I'll tag everything that you mentioned also when the episode comes off now. And thank you very much. Thank you so very much. Thank you for tuning in. And as usual, please follow and subscribe to the podcast on the platform you're streaming it on. Your reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts help stress the reach of the show. So I'd appreciate it if you help us grow. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend or family and to keep up to date with what's coming next, follow us on Instagram at WeMoveXP or use the hashtag WeMoveXP. Till next time.